The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Rita Haworth. She's an author, teacher, psychic medium, and spiritual consultant. She's been published in different applications. I'm so happy to have you here with me today, Rita. Thanks for joining me. Nice to be here. Wonderful. Well, I'm really excited to dive in and talk to you about all the great things that you're up to now. You have just recently published a book. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Spirit. Oh, Ambassador for Spirit, I love it. Would you mind telling us a little bit about it? Yeah, really, it's about my life story and about how I became a medium. It starts from my experiences of early childhood, my first encounter of seeing spirit after my friend passed to spirit when she was 17. And she was involved in an accident, in a, a real traffic accident. And I saw her some days later here in my bedroom. Before then, I'd never really give any thought to matters of life and death or life after death. But from then on, obviously, I'd seen my friend come to me in spirit. But it wasn't for a few more years, really, after that, that I got involved with the spiritualism. Um, I attended my local church with a friend of my brother's uh, who happened to be a medium. And I was interested to find out what that actually meant. So I went to a service with him and watched him on the platform where he gave messages from the spirit world to people in the congregation. Um, it absolutely blew me away. I thought, how can he do this? You know. And just as I was leaving the church, I noticed um, something on the notice board and it said, we have a, an open circle here, everyone welcome. And I wasn't too sure what that entailed at the time. But I thought, it sounds interesting and I really must go to it. So from there on in, I started attending the open circle at the local spiritual church. And I sat there for about three years. In time, I started to open up more spirit world and I was able to give messages. So that was kind of my first step into it. Whilst at that church, um, I, I was asked to do fledgling service. That's for new mediums to let you test the waters up, you know, up on the platform. So I did that and that all went okay, although I was very nervous at the time. And then eventually I started doing divine services to the church and demonstrations of mediumship. While all this was happening, I was also working full time. I was a mother. And when I got to 30, I had another disaster in my life. My brother passed away very suddenly when he was 25. Mm. And I just needed to think to myself then, what am I doing with my life? I need to do something else. 
So that took me on a, a road to studying. Uh, and alongside working full time, I went to college two evenings a week, got some qualifications from college, which led me to going to university, where I studied for an undergraduate degree in social policy, which is welfare related. Um, did quite well at that, got a first class honours degree, um, decided to take the study further. So I went to a different university, to Manchester University in England and studied for a master's degree. All the time I was doing this, I was still involved with spiritualism, but didn't have a lot of time to, to give to it because of my work and my study. Anyway, fast forward, I worked 25 years. I got a job as a university lecturer and I worked in that field for 25 years. But my spiritual work never left me. And, and in that time, I did various different courses and seminars with quite well-known mediums across the world. People like Tony Stockwell, Gordon Smith, James Van Praag, etc. And all the time building my strength as a medium. In the evening, sometimes I'd do one-to-one readings for friends or friends of friends. And they all said, you need to do more of this. You know, you're really accurate what you're doing. But obviously, like everybody else, got a family and a mortgage. So I had to stay in my lecturing job for quite a long time. Anyway, if we move forward some, in um, 2018, I had an accident. I had a fall. Mm. Um, and it kind of knocked me and I had to use crutches for almost two years to get around on. Wow. Uh, and after going up and down to work for two years, I thought somebody's trying to tell me something here. Because the pain I was in was like a render. And I sh- kind of had a conversation with my spirit guide. And I said, come on now, you know, this is getting ridiculous. What should I do? And within two months, an email came around at work offering voluntary redundancy and I thought this might be the answer because they offered a, a severance package as well so um, between me not hobbling about wanting to do more spiritual work I applied for it anyway I got the voluntary redundancy package and within three months I served me notice I, I was free from the university and since then I've given all my time and energy to working for the spirit world so really the book is very much about my life um my childhood about my friend passing what impact that had on me um my life when my brother passed and the impact it had on me there are plenty of examples in the book of one-to-one sittings i've had with people and what the outcomes of those have been so that's about it really i would say i've had a lot of feedback from it and it's doing quite well in sales especially on Amazon UK it's already been number one in the most gifted book number two in bestsellers in women in spirituality so it's doing quite well it has sold some copies in America but not as many as I would like obviously I'd like more copies to be sold (laughs) in America (laughs) yeah Um, yeah but anyway um yeah it's, it's all doing quite well Oh, well, congratulations on the success of your book in the UK. We'll see if we can get some more traction for you here 
in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. Well, we definitely will make sure we include the link to where people can get the book. So that way it's it's nice and easy. So you had such an incredible life story so far, and it's very relatable to hear how, yes, we do have, you know, the mortgage to pay. We do have all these other expenses. So we sometimes do need to keep that maybe more rational job, whereas maybe our heart might lie somewhere else. You had mentioned mediumship demonstrations. And I don't believe I've had anyone on the show yet who has done demonstrations and has shared about that. Would you mind sharing what that is and how that works for you? Yes, usually it's either demonstrations at spiritualist churches. People come, they pay a small fee and you do an hour or an hour 30 of demonstrating your mediumship. And by doing that, you go out into the audience to people you feel you're being drawn to and then you connect with them. The spirit connects through me to that person in the audience and then usually I will describe the spirit person who's coming through, perhaps talk about how they passed over as evidence, you know, that it is that person. Sometimes I get a name, sometimes I get an age. It all depends, but usually the spirit come through me to give messages to the people in the audience. And it's just random, really, because obviously I don't know anybody. I go where the Spirit guide me to go to give the messages. So sometimes you can give up to maybe 20, 20 plus messages in one session. In the area where I live, there is a certain sort of tea rooms and things like that who are into spiritual things and a lot of those invite me to, to go and do demonstrations of mediumship at psychic evening um so i do that as well so that's quite interesting do you ever get really tired after doing those demonstrations for hour hour and a half how do you protect your energy it can be quite draining i've learned over the years with my mediumship i've learned how to switch on and switch off so i use like a radio when it's time for me to work for the spirit world, I switch on and let them know I'm ready to work. And when I've finished, I switch back off and close down. Because I made that mistake in, in my early years when I was developing to be a medium. I never thought about switching on or, or switching off after I'd been doing demonstrations or sittings. And what happened was I began to get drained and I started picking up other people's energy. People realised I could soon start to feel my energy levels going down because I was picking up their energy from their aura. But as I said, I've learnt over the years to control it, if you like, turn it on and turn it off. And I always put protection, a shield of light around me when I'm working with people. So I'm well protected. And my spirit guides also protect me as well. So um, as far as energy is concerned, uh, these days I'm not too bad. It can be tiring. You know, it does it, it take energy out of you. As long as you don't overdo it, it's fine. That's really great advice. Thank you for that. Now, you had mentioned your spirit guide, so it was a great segue to my next question. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing about that relationship that you have with your spirit guide and how it first started. Right. Well, I've had a few spirit guides, but not just one. The one I'm working with at the moment it's nothing glamorous at all. It's an elderly gentleman, and he's called Bert. He was a hard-working guy who worked on, on the railways. So he wasn't a saint. Um, he wasn't anybody famous. 
just an ordinary guy with a very great soul. And I work with him at the moment. But in the past, one of the guys in my early years of developing as a medium was actually an Italian nun. And she had been born in Venice and she went to work in Verona where she was ordained and she, she worked from the nunnery for, for many years doing charitable work. And she was very healing and very soothing. She taught me a lot about myself and how to have patience with people and things like that. She was also very healing as well. She really calmed me down. But these days, I don't see her too much. I see her more when I'm doing spiritual healing. But Bert is like the gatekeeper spirit world for me. He comes very close to me. I feel him very close to me. Um, I always know when he's there because I always get a tingling sensation just around my chin area. And that's his calling card to let me know that he's here and he's ready to work with me. So we have a really good relationship, really. When I'm working, he's there. And when I'm not working, he doesn't bother me unless it's something Mm -hmm. really can't wait. So, yeah, we do have a very uh, good relationship. It's always very peaceful, I feel, when he's around me. He's a very evolved soul. He's very, very patient with me, too. I get a bit frustrated that I'm not getting enough evidence. He does have a calming influence over me. Yeah, so I would say more than anything that Bert, my spirit guide, who I'm working with at the moment, is very much a gatekeeper to the spirit world. He opens the door for me. Oh, I love it. I love I love talking about spirit guides because they just hold such a special place. So I'm curious, you know a lot about Bert. For those who might be curious as to what your methods are and how you learned about Bert, learned that he was even there, found out his name, learned about his history. How were you able to tune into all of that? Well, as I said, how I tuned into him and how I've always tuned in and got to know Spirit Guide is through meditation. I always feel if you meditate and you ask your guides to come forward in your meditative state, that's the best time for them to come into your aura to blend with your energy and that's how I've always done it I've always meditated and then asked for my spirit guide to come close to me and that's how I first saw Savannah who was the nun and more recently this is how I've I've got to link up with Bert so so the best thing to do is to meditate and then feel the energy changing around you once you feel the energy changing around you Ask the spirit guide to leave some kind of a calling card. And like I said earlier, for me, that is fluttering around my chin area, just like touching me around the chin very lightly. And then Mm -hmm. I know then that is his calling card. And I know then he's here and it's time to work with him. Some people may feel lighter, hotter, colder. If it becomes a pattern when you are calling out for your spirit guide to come close to you, you can take it as read that if it happens every time you ask them to come to you, that it is them who are there with you. And then obviously, as that relationship gets stronger, don't ask all the questions all at once. You don't want to bombard your spirit guide. Ask them questions in your meditation and wait for the answers coming. 
because they will tell you what they want you to know about them, but they'll do it in their own time. Don't try and rush them into it. So that's kind of how I work to know that my spirit guides are around me, who it is, how I'm feeling when I'm in their presence. Really, it's all through meditation. What would be your advice to somebody who is still learning to trust their intuition, learning to trust what is coming in from their guides versus what they might worry to be imagination? What advice would you give those who are sort of newer in their journey of connecting and trusting their intuition? Once you are confident that you've got that link with your guide, that you've felt the calling card, be that if you feel somebody stroking your hair or touching your face or you feel hot or cold, once you know it's them when it's happened a few times, when you've asked them to come forward, then the next thing you need to do, you need to trust. And I know it's difficult because you can often think what's going in your mind is, are you making it up? Are you imagining it? But the only thing I can say to that is, say what you get. Don't be afraid. The worst thing that somebody can say to you is, no, I don't understand it. That's the worst thing that can happen. But nine times out of ten, if you feel in the presence of your spirit guide, you feel open to the spirit world, then it is 99% of the time what they put into your mind. They use your faculties, if you like, to put their impressions in your mind. You may see things or hear things or feel things even. And whatever it is you're seeing, hearing or feeling, just say it to the person they're sitting with you or in the circle who you feel drawn to. Um, you may be very surprised, actually, how much people do understand. But the main thing I would say is trust. And confidence comes with time and practice. And you're not going to get everything 100% all the time. Even the best mediums in the world sometimes don't always get it right. So it is a bit of trial and error. But you need to be confident and trusting in your spirit guide. And by doing that, the more you practice, the better it will flow and the more proficient you will become as a medium. That is absolutely wonderful advice and a great reminder, too, to everybody who's on this journey that it does take trust and it does take patience because, you know, hearing from you, Rita, you know, you, you sort of are able to sum up your life story in a matter of minutes. But in reality, that took years right, to, to from yeah. start to where we are now. So it really does yeah. take that long. It's just a condensed version at this time for there obvious is, reasons. There is much, much more depth to it. I was only giving you the, the brief overview, really. Obviously, if one wants to read the book, uh, they'll see much more detail what I've actually been through to get to where I am and all the years it's taken me to get to where I am. It didn't happen overnight. You have to be patient and things will unfold in their own good time. You can't force these things, but you've got to be dedicated to it. Yeah. And if you as a listener feel a calling or a desire to check out Rita's book, that's your intuition telling you hmm, there might be something in her book that might help you along your journey as well that perhaps you can relate to or use. So listen and trust that intuitive hit that you're getting. So Rita, I would love to now talk about some of the other things that you do. You had mentioned spiritual healing. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and what that looks like with you? Yeah, um, I kind of found out I could do spiritual healing by default. I mean, there are a lot of people who 
who trains the spiritual healers and get certificates and things like that for it. I never went down that route. Actually, it was my husband. He suffered quite a few years ago. He suffered from very bad migraine attacks. And one evening he was, he was having one of these attacks and he'd had medication. It hadn't worked or anything like that. And I just had this overwhelming feeling. I just put my hands on his head. And as I put my hands near him, I could feel my hands getting warmer and warmer. And I could feel this sort of sensation as though somebody was overshadowing me. And I felt spirit very close. And I could feel the heat coming from my hands. And lo and behold, by the morning, his migraine had gone and he didn't have them anymore. So that was like the first time I'd had that experience. But then I began to get quite interested in people's auras and I, I can see people's auras that's the energy field around the body and I got quite interested in that and the different colours you know what it emanates and I could see where people's illnesses were if there was kind of a tear in the aura or there was a dark patch somewhere which didn't flow with the rest of the aura usually that's an indication of where there is illness in the body and I don't profess to be a doctor or anything. I would never, I'd never take the place of a doctor. I always say my work complementary. And working with people, uh, people who've been to see me, and they've been, you know, quite cool with various things, I can pick up from their aura if they've got a bad back or they've got a bad leg or they've got, you know, issues with the stomach or with the heart or whatever it is. I can see it in, the, in their aura. Sometimes I do mention it to people if I think it's relevant, you know, and then I'll, I'll say to them, I can give you some spiritual healing if you like, but this isn't instead of seeing your doctor, this is as well as seeing your doctor. I always mm-hmm. make that very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had some really good success stories. <laughs> I've had ladies who've been hobbling about on crutches and could hardly sit down. Um, I've done repairs on the Rara and they felt much better afterwards. Because I, I have a system where I, I, I use the healing energy, what comes through me from the spirit world, um, to fix people. And it's just, it's marvellous. Wow. Marvellous. Also, for people who are, who are having kind of mental difficulties as well, um, it can help to soothe the mind as well as the body. And you do this work with the nun spirit guide? Um, no, I, this is complicated, but no, I have, another, <laughs> I have another guide who helps me with that, uh, a lady called Claire, and I feel that Claire, again, she gave her life to helping people. She worked a long, long time ago in the First World War between Germany and England, in Europe, and she worked in the military, and she was actually a nurse in the military, so she saw a lot of really atrocious things happening, people being blown to pieces and things like that. So she had much experience from what she'd witnessed when she was on the earth plane. And she also had a lot of compassion. Um, and it's something she's taught me to, to really have for people. I'm not one to ever see the bad in people. Whatever people have done, I always can see something which is positive about them. I know it sounds a bit crap. But I always try and see the positive in people and bring out the best in people. So I work with Claire when I'm actually doing the 
spiritual healing. It used to be with Savannah, but she's faded quite a lot now. I don't see her as much now. I think as you evolve as a medium, your spirit guides evolve as well. Is that it? Sure. And yeah. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's another interesting thing. I mean, I'm also a Reiki master as well, and I am a, a Reiki teacher. So sometimes I do Reiki as well. It depends on the situation. Awesome. So okay. Yeah, okay, great. And you have mentioned, well, I was looking on your website, and I see that you also offer other classes or teaching opportunities for oh, people. Yeah. yeah, I do have development classes, which I teach. Prior to the pandemic, I had a class and I think they've been with me for about seven years. Um, we start every week on a Thursday evening. I would teach them and help them to bring the mediumship along, giving message to each other and things like that. Those who were interested in healing, we did something about healing. We just met collectively every week, but then the pandemic struck and we weren't allowed to meet. So we went online after that. And I now online, as well as the group, people who are new to mediumship people who are curious and they want to just test the waters i always do awareness classes before anybody comes into my development group they have to do one of my awareness classes and they usually last about six weeks and we do the things that we've talked about today we do we learn to meditate we learn to link with the spirit guide we learn about the calling card we practice giving out messages what we feel that we're receiving from the spirit guide it's all about making people aware getting them used to feeling the spirit and once they've done all that and they can actually confidently know that they're linked with the spirit guide that they've got calling cards that they're there working with them that they can relay the messages that they're bringing to another person once they've done all that and they feel confident with it then they can move into development. And that's when we start to do things like we sit in a circle and call the spirit guides in, and then we will start to give each other messages from the spirit world. Uh, we say prayers and we send out healing, world healing to people to the world. And it's, really good to, it's a really good vibe, what we've got going on. And I've done that you now for several years. I mean, I have been out to churches and, and run groups for churches, for spiritual churches as well. I've had huge amounts of people really coming. People come and they tell their friends and their friends come and they tell yep. their friends. And their <laughs> friends it's like a snowball, you know. <laughs> it's the same with private sittings. Um, I started off with a few people and people tell people they've been to see me and then they ring me up and they come and see me. And that's how it flows. So that's... Yeah kind of what we do in the classes. That's wonderful. I wanted to comment on the snowball. It's true. If what you're saying resonates and and you're connecting and delivering the the messages and it resonates with people, they will let other people know a lot of it can just oh, be definitely. based on word of mouth. I'm always booked up now at least two or three months in advance. People yeah. have to wait now if they want to sit in with me. Whereas before when I was working, I couldn't take on that amount of people and I had to turn people away but yeah. now I'm retired and I've got a lot more time and it just so happens that now I've got the time the, the doors have opened and the people are flooding through you know who need to yeah. see me and those who need to see me will find me 
Exactly. Yes, exactly. So I'm curious, how many days a week and hours in a day are you doing readings? Right. It varies because I, I do write as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband's now retired. So I do like to spend some time with him and, you know, throughout the week as well. Mm-hmm. So it varies, really. Between about 12 and 25 hours, depending uh, on what kind of week I'm having. Okay. I don't have set days where I, well, I do actually have set days. I work a lot in the evenings, so it doesn't interfere with my days. So a lot of the time you'll find me working in the in the afternoons or the evenings. And it's also in the evenings, it's more convenient for most people. Cause a lot of people work through the day. Yeah. So, you know, I could spend like three or four evenings a week doing reading. How many readings can you do in a day? Or do you find that your sort of energetic capacity? Right. Yeah. I used to be able to do about six, one on top of the other. Wow. But I find by the time I get to about the fourth one, I start to flag. And I don't feel I'm giving the same quality of service to the fifth and sixth person. Sure. So I've now made it a rule that I won't do more than three people back to back. If three people want to come together and then they want individual readings, that's fine. But I don't feel like I'm doing justice to the spirit world or to the sitter if I try and do more than three. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's different. If I'm doing a demonstration, then I could give 20, 30 messages, but they're only, you know, just short messages yeah. to describe the person and what they've got to say. Whereas with a sitting, it's a lot more in-depth in a, in a private sitting. You could be bringing through five, six, seven of the departed loved ones in one sitting. So it does take a lot of your energy, a lot of your energy. As well as being a medium, I'm also a psychic. So... I can see what is going to happen in people's lives as well as doing the mediumistic side of it. And a lot of people come to me for that as well. They want both. They don't just want the mediumship. They want a psychic reading as well. So I get into the lives, where they're up to, where they're going. And a lot of people come to me for that reason. That's Well, that's great. You're very versatile. And I love that you work with integrity to make sure that when you are with your sitter, you're giving them a hundred percent. So even though people have to wait, at least they know that when they're sitting with you, they're going to get a hundred percent worth the wait. If I'm not feeling it that day, I don't wing it and say, oh yeah, you know, yeah. I just say it's not happening today and I'll have to rearrange. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Usually everything flows nicely, but there's an occasional day. At the end of the day, I'm a human being and I can have an off day. And if I have an off day, there's something particular happening in my personal life or whatever, and I'm just not in the mindset, then I will cancel. But like I said, that's very, very rare. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not, afraid, I'm not afraid to do that because I'd rather give some, let, let somebody wait a couple of days longer or a week longer and give them 100% than try and struggle through it when I'm not giving it 100%, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does make sense. This yeah. isn't the, the profession where you can fake it. <laughs> it it's you, not the profession no. where you can fake it. No PowerPoint, you've no books, you know, you've nothing to fall back on. It's all the spirit using your faculties. And if yeah. your faculties aren't working particularly good that day, then it's going to be very difficult. You'll struggle, you know, and that's yeah. something you don't want to do. 
I don't want to undersell anybody who comes to me. I want them to come in here and leave feeling that they've had a really good experience and that they've joined with their loved ones for that short time they've been with me, yeah. which many do. I go through lots of boxes of tissues, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of people who are so overwhelmed when yeah. I say, you know, I've got your dad and this is his name and this is how he passed over. He wants me to say this to you and to remind you of when this happened. And people just get so overwhelmed. How oh, did you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like to a lot of people who've not been through readings before, it can be quite overwhelming sometimes. But overwhelming in a nice way because they're always happy that they've had that communication, even for a few minutes with the loved ones. So I do get a lot of satisfaction out of what I did. If I didn't, I wouldn't do it. Right. I mean, the amount of healing that someone can get in a 30 minute to hour session, like the lifetime of healing, it can, it's really invaluable. Yeah, exactly. So Rita, I would like to wrap up our interview and ask if you have a message from the other side for the collective, uh, for whoever is meant to listen to this episode when they do. So sort of a timeless message for the listener. I think I'll give you a bit of philosophy great the main message is is be kind don't take life too serious you're not here for a long time try and have a good time and love one another and i think that's it really that's a wonderful a wonderful timeless message well rita i want to thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your story again all the links will be in the show notes for anyone who wants to connect with you or get a copy of your book but again thank you so much thank you so much it's been beautiful speaking to you And that was another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.